Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the Destroy the Stumps podcast. So today, ladies and gents, um, pretty much the ODIs uh, for this year have been wrapped up. There's not going to be any more ODI cricket for the rest of the year. Uh, I did say at the end of the New Zealand Bangladesh podcast, uh, Bangladesh ODI podcast that I reviewed uh, where Bangladesh pulled off their first win in New Zealand, ODI win in New Zealand. Um, I did say I was going to do a yearly review for the best uh, and mention my top five ODIs for the year. Uh, it's been an interesting year of ODI cricket, especially with the Cricket World Cup uh, going on. A lot of ODI series, a lot more than usual to be honest, but... Um, yeah, teams just really pre- prepare, preparing themselves for the World Cup and um, testing their bench strength as well, just trying to prepare for the future as well because a lot um, because a lot of T20 leagues around the world and some players aren't available for the series. These days there's players who select, to, uh, select when they're, who mention to the selectors when they're available for selection or not or they can't due to personal reasons or whatever the reason is they can't play or maybe they're just... Um, They've retired from ODIs altogether, or they just retired from one format or something like that, or um, they're recovering from injuries, whatever. So th- that's uh, what's been... So that, that, that factors into um, the ODI series these, uh, this year as well. Um, there was also the ICC World Cup qualifier as well, the uh, 2023 World Cup qualifier, qualifier, where a huge result happened where the West Indies uh, failed to qualify. And for the first time in their history, uh, that uh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they were not going to make the World Cup ever. The, uh, the two-time world champions now, um, former two-time world champions, not a part of the ICC ODI World Cup for the first time. That, that was huge, huge uh, moment there. And uh, Netherlands making it uh, to the World Cup was a massive moment. I think this is the Netherlands' first World Cup since two thousand and. Um, 2011, because I don't think they made the 2015 World Cup from memory. Scotland did, UAE did, Ireland made it. Yeah, Netherlands didn't make the 2015 World Cup. So Netherlands making their first World Cup appearance in 2015, so since 2011, uh, in 12 years, and also at the same same location, they played in India. Uh, the subcontinent, India, Sri Lanka, and Bangladesh, but this time they're just playing in India. The World Cup was solely in India for the first time. And, um, yeah, well, it was an interesting tournament, that one. A few records were broken, uh, quite a few amazing performances, but uh, not many close matches. Yeah, I understand that not every match is going to be close. Uh, re- close matches are going to be rare in cricket. Uh with so much cricket going on, the percentage would be very low for having like a really classic match. You can't expect every match to be really close. And, um, yeah, so that, that there was a lot happening in ODI, World Cup, ODI cricket this year. Um, New Zealand winning their first ODI series in, in Bangladesh since 2008. Uh, England, West Indies just recently winning their first ODI series against England. In um, at home, so in the Caribbean since nineteen ninety eight, that's huge. There, um, you had the Netherlands uh, knock out the West Indies. You had Scotland really impressed in the World Cup qualifiers. Zimbabwe were good, then they just lost their way towards the end of the tournament. Uh, Sri Lanka losing to Bangladesh um, and losing to Pakistan. 
So, uh, sorry, and losing to uh, Afghanistan in the World Cup. Afghanistan, speaking of Afghanistan, how about them in the World Cup uh, pulling off a couple upsets, beating England, uh, the world defending world champions, beating Pakistan and Sri Lanka as well. And almost pulling off an upset over Australia, but I lost that innings from Glenn Maxwell, uh, Arguably one of the best, maybe if not the best ODI innings of all time. You'd have to say it's up there. Uh, it's a special innings from a, spe- a player that's really gifted and skilled. And um, just one of the best innings ever. And that match will, yeah, that match will be talked about for a long, long time. Um, yeah, and speaking of that, uh, we'll, we'll just get into reviewing. Some, we'll just mention a few of the good games uh, that happened this year, but uh, we'll... Later on, just get it down to five of um, top five games from this year. Uh, so, in ODIs, that is. So, a few matches. Um, these were the few matches that I've... Like, these are the matches that I can choose from. Uh, so, you got the group game between... The Super 4 game, which was a day-night game between um, Sri Lanka and Pakistan in the Asia Cup, which was just a couple of weeks prior to the ODI World Cup which was played at the R Premadasa Stadium in Colombo. Basically a knockout game for both teams in the Asia Cup. Whoever won went through to the final. Whoever lost, that was it. Goodbye, your tournament's over. And Sri Lanka, well, they did a great job uh, beating Pakistan, but they beat them off the last ball. The match was reduced to 42 overs, and they won with two wickets uh, the remaining It was absolutely special scenes there. Pakistan, they kind of struggled their way to 252. Two, a half century to Abdullah Shafiq and Muhammad Rizwan, and a little cameo at the end from Iftikhar Ahmed. Got Pakistan to a total that's definitely definitely was worth defending. Um, a really actually a good total to be honest. They didn't really struggle, but um, they got to two fifty two for seven or forty two overs. Uh, there were three wickets taken by Matisha Patirana, but gee, he was expensive. And uh, Dernit Walalagi, uh, who was the find of the tournament for the Sri Lankans in that tournament, uh, he picked up a wicket as well. Two wickets for Pramod Madushan, who unfortunately missed the World Cup, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, due to injury. Um, and then Mahesh Tekshana picked up a wicket as well in that game. Then uh, Sri Lanka <coughs> chasing that. few contributions from the top order. Charitas Sri Lanka at the end, guiding the team home to a special victory. Uh, the, off the last ball, last ball of the match, won the game for Sri Lanka, and that was that. Kosal Mendes was man of the match there, the cra- captain and wicketkeeper for Sri Lanka. So the w- wicketkeeper for Sri Lanka, he was really good. But uh, yeah, Sri Lanka winning that game by two wickets with off with no balls remaining, just off the last ball of the match, which was superb. Then uh, early in the tournament in the Asia Cup, there was a uh, Group B game, a day night game in Lahore. Uh, Afghanistan had to chase down 328 to win in about 38 overs or something in order to qualify for the Super 4s. <coughs> they only missed out by two runs. Uh, Muhammad Nabi played an innings for a memorable innings, nearly got the team over the line. Rashid Khan tried his best, unfortunately. Uh, the last two wickets fell cheaply, and yeah, Afghanistan were knocked out of the groups um, in the group stages of the Asia Cup, which was disappointing. Of course, Amanda's man of the match there. Gee, he likes performing in tough games. Uh, then you've got um, these games. So you've got the Ireland-Scotland game from the uh, 2023 ICC ODI World Cup qualifier, the Bulawayo Sports 
which was played at the Queen Sports Club in Bulawayo. Um, match off the last ball, another last ball finish. Scotland winning by one wicket. Michael Leesk batting at number number seven, really guiding the team home out of nowhere. Contribute, and then Christopher McBride did play well, but yeah, Michael Leesk pretty much single-handedly along with Mark Watt and um, yeah, just the tail really guiding the team from absolutely nowhere. Really precarious situation to a memorable victory against Ireland. Uh, it was a superb innings from them, a superb chase. Chasing uh, 289 and winning off the last ball of the match. Then, of course, uh, there was a South Africa versus Australia game. The first ODI, first of five ODIs, uh, the five-match ODI series, which was before the World Cup, a day-night game. Uh, 222 all-out South Africa. Timber Verma really carried the innings there. But um, for Australia, Australia really were in all sorts of trouble. Bell 6 for 93, 7 for 113 after Sean Abbott departed. And then Marnus Lubbershane batting at number uh, number 7, scoring a lovely half-century to get the team home. Uh, batting with Ashton Agar got the team home from an absolutely precarious situation to win a memorable game, that one as well. Then there was uh, the World Cup, a couple of games in the World Cup. So Pakistan versus South Africa, uh, South Africa and all sorts of um, South Africa did well to keep restrict Sri Lanka to 270, and then uh, chasing 271. South Africa were doing okay. Then when Aidan Markram departed, then two more wickets uh, fell. It looked like the game was all but done and over, and Pakistan were going to uh, beat South Africa again in a World Cup game, in an ICC ODI World Cup game, uh, and uh, now unfortunately for Pakistan. Yeah, Keshav Maraj had other ideas, batting with the with Tabray Shamsi, guiding the team home to a memorable victory in Chennai. Then uh, the and just a day later, and then um. Yeah, um, New Zealand versus Australia, the old trans Townsman rivalry. Travis Head coming back in the World Cup, making an instant impact and um, scoring runs, scoring 100 in his first game back from injury where he did injure his hand, I think it was his elbow or his hand in against South Africa in the ODI series prior to the World Cup and he was expected to miss half the World Cup, maybe even more. But um, he came back in time just when Australia were peaking and scored a superb 100, really carried the innings there, half-century with his opening partner, David Warner. Really blitzed the Kiwi attack to all parts of the uh, Dharamshala. Most of the Kiwi bowls did not have an op- um, did not uh, know how to contain uh, contain these two batsmen. And, um, yeah, in reply, New Zealand really tried their best. Um, some good half-centuries from James Nisham and Daryl Mitchell. Lovely century from the young star, the uh, the rising star of the tournament and rising star in New Zealand cricket. Rachan Ravindra, superb 100 from him. And um, New Zealand, last ball finish, unfortunately just couldn't get the job done. And uh, winning by Australia, one by five runs, superb, superb game. That was an absolute thriller. Fortunately, another heartache for heartbreak for New Zealand. Again, uh, in a World Cup game, a 
tense World Cup game, just not quite getting over the line. And of course, the game that I mentioned briefly earlier in the podcast, as I just earlier, uh, Australia versus Afghanistan. Afghanistan, 291 for five, a good total on that pitch. Uh, Ibrahim Zadron becoming the first Afghani to score 100 in that game. And um, so in the World Cup, which was a special moment for Afghanistani cricket. However, it wasn't to be for Afghanistan. They just couldn't get their first win over Australia. They had Australia on the ropes at 7 for 91 for 7 when Mitchell Stark departed. And then from there, it was the Glenn Maxwell show. He was dropped twice. Uh, Afghanistan didn't hold their chances, but you really can't do anything if the other opposition doesn't really hold their chances. It was a superb innings from Glenn Maxwell, one of the best ever. Yeah, he had he was battling cramps, injuries. He just couldn't move much, hardly. He really couldn't run in the end. Uh, the heat, the immunity in Mumbai, and, uh, yeah, just really stood on his legs and played shots, hitting through the line. Quite a lot of golf batting and playing reverse sweeps and scoops and all these type of shots. It's just unbelievable hitting from Glenn Maxwell. And um, scoring a double hundred, a first ever double hundred in a chase in an ODI. First double hundred in by an Australian in ODIs and a first double hundred scored in a chase in a World Cup. A superb, superb moment there. And, well, a memorable, memorable innings from Glenn Maxwell, which will never be forgotten then uh, also another game that we will uh, um, is in the category for probably the best ODI games of the year. Um, so this was a match, 18th match of the 2023 ICC ODI World Cup qualifiers at the Harare Sports Club in Harare. I think it was the Harare Sports Club in Harare. No, it was the Takashinga Sports Club in Highfield Harare uh, between Zimbabwe, uh, Netherlands and the West Indies. Um, West Indies piling on a massive total of 374 for six off their 50 overs. Excellent hundred from Nicholas Perron, half centuries from Brandon King and Johnson Charles. Um, got the West Indies to a massive total, and uh, Scott, uh, uh, Netherlands were doing well. They got off to a good start, healthy start. They kept up with the required run rate. Then lost a few quick wickets. Looked like the game was over. Then a brilliant partnership between Scott Edwards and Teja Nidabanuru. got uh, got them back in the game. Then Logan Van Beek at the end, little cameo. Nearly got the team over the line. Unfortunately, uh, the scores were tied. And um, the match had to go to a soup over. And then uh, Logan Van Beek. Well, 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 what can you say about him? What an innings. Uh, what a performance from Logan Van Beek in the soup over. So here, Logan, Beek, uh, Logan Van Beek smashed uh, Jason Holder to all parts of the Takashinga Sports Club. And they backed it up uh, in the bowling the Super Over and winning the game for um, for the Netherlands. A special, special victory, that one. So those are my games that I uh, categorise in the best. I have to choose five of those games uh, to be... So five of those games, out of, uh, out of those eight games, five of them would be uh, in the category for best ODI uh, game of the year. And uh, ladies and gents, without further ado, let's just get stuck into it and review and make this let's make this official. So number five number five, uh, sorry, top five games of 
top five ODI games of 2023. Here's my number five. You got Ireland versus Scotland at Bulawayo, um, at the Queen Sports Club in Bulawayo. Uh, the 2023 ICC ODL World Cup qualifiers. Seventh match. It's a Group B encounter. Uh, first game of the tournament for both teams. Ireland and Scotland have a bit of a rivalry in cricket in recent times. They've played each other in a few tournaments. Sometimes Ireland get uh, get ahead of, uh, over Scotland. Sometimes Scotland get a bit of um, bit over them. Um, get a bit of the wood over them. But um, yeah, this time it went down to the wire. 50 overs went a full hundred overs, um, and the match got decided off the last ball. So Ireland batting first scored a really good, a good total of 286 for eight batting first. A lovely century from Curtis Camper, a beautiful hundred from him. Really just saved Ireland from a bit of an embarrassing situation because uh, Paul Sterling and then the captain Andy Belburning were dismissed for a goal, goal and ducks. Ireland were absolutely in totters early on. They were five for 70. So 70 for five after 18.2 overs when Andy McBride departed. And um, it looked really bad. Only other batsmen remaining were really uh, George Dockrell and um, Curtis Camphor. Now, were those two repeated the heroics of their 2023? Um, well, not quite repeated it, but did repeat uh, similar similar heroics to what they repair, what they showed in the 2022 T20 World Cup. This time was in an ODI World Cup. Uh, Ireland were in a bit of trouble chasing in, in that game, and then these two who are, these two played superb innings. And got Ireland over the line in that chase. And that was a group game in this 2022 ODI, uh, so T20 World Cup. Then, then what happened was, um, so and now in this game, play be- uh, these two played beautifully again. Um, Curtis Camper absolutely smacking the Scottish bowlers to all parts. 120 off 108 balls, 9 fours, 4 sixes, struck over 111.11. Then George Dockrell scoring a half century, the big, uh, the big uh, bowling all-rounder, smacking them to all parts of the Takashinga Sports Club. 69 of 93 balls, four fours and a six. And uh, those two put on a superb partnership worth 136 runs for the sixth wicket. And then a 50-run partnership uh, between Curtis Camphor and Gareth Delaney getting the team over 250. And then Curtis Camphor at the end just going ballistic a bit and getting the team to 282. So 286 for eight. And Brandon McMullen picked up a five-wicket haul for Scotland. But, um, yeah, they probably let that one go, didn't they? At that stage, it looked like they let them go and let Ireland off the hook. However, uh, Christopher McBride kept Scotland in the game, scored an excellent half-century. And, um, yeah, Ireland, Scotland were doing okay. However, they were in some trouble at uh, uh, 122 for six. And Tom McIntosh departed, and then after that, um, they were 152 for seven after 33.5 overs. Looked like Ireland were going to take the game away. However, uh, Mark Watt and Michael Leask. Michael Leask, a man of the match performance from him. 91 of 61 balls, not out. Nine fours, four sixes. And Mark Watt, 47 of 43 balls, seven fours to him. Absolutely superb partnership between those two to get them back in the game. And uh, back in the game, they got them, didn't that? Didn't they get them back in the game? Um, 82 run partnership for the eighth wicket, then a, a partnership between Safian Sharif and uh, Michael Leese, where Michael Leese really dominated. Safian Sharif only hit six runs in that partnership and only faced nine deliveries. It was really Michael Leese uh, dominating that partnership, scoring uh, 40, 
scoring uh, most of the runs there. And that partnership between him and uh, Safian Sharif, Michael Lisk and Safian Sharif, was worth um, 50 runs for the ninth wicket. Getting the team over the line there. And uh, yeah, the, at that stage, they were 284 for nine when Safian Sharif departed uh, off the last in the last over. The last over read like this. This is how it all went. So at that stage, the last over, they needed eight. They needed eight runs to win off uh, six balls. Mark it there. So Michael Lee hit a four, and then uh, yeah, the field at long. I wanted to collect it quickly, but fumbled it, and it went for four. Um, Harry Tech, unfortunately, uh, just couldn't deal with the pressure and fumbled it at that stage. Then Michael Lee's got a single, full and wide, and he squeezed it to cover. Michael Lee's got off strike. That was what Ireland would have liked. Michael Lee's was off strike. Then Safian Sharif was dismissed. He top-edged the delivery to short third man. That was that. And um, that meant, because the new rules were in place around about that time in ODIs. So when the bat, even if the batsman crossed, the, the batsman, so the non-striker wouldn't be on strike. And then um, Sol faced, Sol, Chris Sol facing the delivery for Mark Adair. Bang in short, he swing, he missed it. And then Ireland were back in the game. And then um, Chris Sol somehow managed to seek in it by ran out, uh, nearly a run out as well. They got, he got off strike, two to win off of the last ball. And then what happened next? Michael Leesk smacking Mark Adair for four. The luck of the... Irish rubs on rubs off on Michael Leesk instead. Inside edge running away to the boundary for four, and that was that. Ireland, Scotland winning the game and getting their uh, qualifying campaign off to a superb start, and that was that. And uh, yeah, Ireland unfortunately losing off the last ball, so that was a superb game of cricket, and that's my number five for the top five ODI games of twenty twenty three. The next game I have in this list is um, Pakistan versus South Africa. Pakistan were on a bit of a losing streak at this stage of the tournament. Uh, they weren't doing too well. They lost uh, India. They lost to... I think they lost to India. Pak, uh, they lost to India and also lost to Australia prior to this game. Yeah, so they lost to India. They lost to um, so Pakistan lost to India, uh, Australia, and Afghanistan. Needed to win this game. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't win it, and they lost uh, by one wicket. Keshav Maraj, absolutely outstanding uh, in the last in the last dying stages of the game to guide Pak uh, South Africa to a memorable victory. South Africa normally um, do struggle in pressure situations in World Cups for some reason. The second time they were chasing into the World Cup, um, in that World Cup, the 2023 World Cup. So they they won all their games batting first. They lost the game to Netherlands early in the tournament, a shock loss at Dharamshala, where they should have won. But um, unfortunately, the pressure of chasing, they just uh, got to them and they fumbled the chase pretty badly. In the end, 
Netherlands bowling them out there. So Pakistan won the toss, elected the bat first. Uh, this match was played at the M Chinnaswamy Stadium in Chennai, and um, yeah, Australia, uh, India, so Pakistan, sorry, batting first, scored two seventy. Won the toss, elected the bat first, Pakistan, and they batted first, scoring two seventy. Half centuries, the Babazan and Saad Shakil, and a bit of contribution from the lower order in. Sh In uh, Shadab Khan and Muhammad, Rizwa, Muhammad Nawaz uh, providing value, valuable contributions to get Pakistan to a total that's de that was definitely worth defending. And um, yeah, they uh, just really struggled their way early on, but uh, good half centuries from those two and had contributions from the lower order, getting Pakistan to 270 in that game. Unfortunately, they didn't bat up their full 50 overs and were bowled out at 46.4 overs. Um, Tabrash Shamsi picking up a four wicket haul, a little bit expensive, but picked up a four for. Joel Kotsia picked up two wickets and a wicket for Lingan Ngidi and three for Marco Janssen, and this, uh, who had a superb World Cup. The big uh, left-handed fast bowler. Then, in reply, South Africa, well, they were in a... Yeah, South Africa um, really just kept losing wickets at the wrong stage of the game. And, um, and despite the brilliance of Aiden Markram, they were in a bit of trouble. Start, a few of the batsmen got starts. No one really carried on. Quentin McCock got off to a start. Temple Vrima got off to a start. He didn't really have a good tournament, did he? Uh, Rassi Van der got off to a start. Heinrich Klaassen um, was looking good. Then he got out. Uh, showed some early signs uh, that he was going to bat for a long period of time. Then he got out. David Miller got off to a start. Marco Janssen got off to a start. Kotsia, Joel Kotsia reached double figures as well. Uh, Lungi Ngidi was to, um, dismissed cheaply. And, um, yeah, just the, that, that was the story of the innings for uh, South Africa. Aiden Markram, 91, a lovely half-century from the uh, South African batsman. He had a superb tournament, had a brilliant year in ODIs, and uh, just continued with another good performance. Uh, however, when Aiden Markram departed with a score of 250 for seven, after 40.2 overs, it looked like uh, Pakistan were going to try, are going to take the game away, especially when they got rid of Gerald Kotsia, um, an over later, and also, so a couple of balls later, and then, uh, Lungin and Gidi departed. It looked like Pakistan were just about to steal this game from South Africa, but, um, yeah, Kesha Mirage holding his nerve. Hitting uh, Muhammad Nawaz around the corner for four, uh, down a third man, a fine leg in the fine leg region for four, giving Pakistan, um, giving Sri Lanka, sorry, South Africa, a memorable, memorable victory there. Wasn't a good ball for Muhammad Nawaz, lobbed up on the pad and he just helped it behind square on the leg side, milking him with ease and there's basically no... Nobody patrolling fine legs, so South Africa get over the line. And uh, there were some absolutely intense celebrations from Tabrash Shamsi and Keshav Maharaj. He was absolutely pumped, Keshav Maharaj. And South Africa left the curse and the void succumbing the pressure in a run chase situation. Pakistan, unfortunately, yeah, um, they gave it their all, and this match really did cost them a chance of qualifying for the semis because they lost four in a row. At that stage, it really was going to get tough for them to qualify for the World Cup. 
uh, semi-finals. They did win their next two games, but then they lost their last game. But by the time the last game happened, um, it was going to be a really tough, tough, tough situation for Pakistan to qualify for the World Cup quarter, uh, semi-finals. Unfortunately for Pakistan, it just really fell apart, unfortunately for them. And that was that. So that was the fourth, uh, fourth number four from uh, the best ODIs of this year. Absolutely superb game of cricket, that one. Then uh, we've got number three, Australia versus New Zealand. How about this game? Trans-Tasman rivalry. Um, Australia had Travis, bag, uh, Travis Head back in the team. They were on a bit of a winning streak, found some form at the right time of the tournament, beating the Netherlands prior in, early in the week, uh, smashing the Netherlands, in fact. Beating, um, they beat Pakistan, I think. They beat Pakistan prior. A couple of days, sorry, just a couple of days before. Um, scoring a massive runs against them and then winning that game. They beat Sri Lanka as well. So they're on a bit of a roll, Australia, after two losses early in the tournament. And, uh, yeah, this game really just helped them back in the tournament. But it was a close game. It wasn't the easiest game for Australia. Um, New Zealand didn't do too well in the field. But, um, bowling first uh, really turned out to be a bad decision. Tom Leifen won the toss. Uh, what? Lathan won the toss, selected the field first at the Marshall British Cricket Association Stadium in Durham, Shala. And, uh, yeah, Australia just absolutely blitzed the Kiwis, especially David Warner and Travis Head. Travis Head, first game back in the tournament after a bit of an injury layoff, scored an excellent 100. Huge impact straight away. And David Warner was looking really good, uh, nearly got a 100 as well. Then the rest of the Australian team, no one got a 50, but um, the rest of the Australian team, no one really got a 50, but... Um, they did their bit, contributed to the total and provided valuable runs at the end to get their team to a massive total of 388 in 49.2 overs. Going at a run rate of, of 7.86 runs and over. And New Zealand's buying performance unfortunately wasn't good, but the batting, they stayed in the chase. It was a tough take, it was a tough chase. Uh, Devin Conway and Will Young got off to good starts. Uh, they gave the team a really good start. Then uh, both of them departed. Then a superb partnership between Daryl Mitchell and um, Ratchet Navendra got the team back in the game. Then Tom Latham. Uh, then another partnership between Tom Latham and and Glenn Phillips. So Tom Latham and Ratchet Navendra got the Kiwis back in the game. And then uh, Glenn Phillips for uh, Glenn Phillips got out pretty cheaply. Then Ratchet Navendra, after making a superb 100, his second 100 of the tournament, uh, got, uh, got dismissed. And New Zealand at that stage required about, um, required about 91 runs to win off the last 10. 
of the last, uh, not quite 10, sorry, of the last uh, 52 balls. And um, then uh, James Neesham nearly got the team home. Superb effort from James Neesham. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, just couldn't quite get the team home, James Neesham. Unfortunately, it was another heartbreak for the Kiwis in a World Cup in the World Cup game. Uh, but yeah, they get the last over, this is how it went down. So New Zealand required thirteen uh New Zealand required nineteen to win off the last over. And at that stage New Zealand Australia were five at, were an over behind and they had to bring in five fielders at that time. Uh, Nineteen needed off the fifteenth uh, of the fifteenth of the final over. Stark bowled a low full toss. Uh, Trent bowled quite a single. Then uh, Stark missed five. He bowled five wides. And um, Australia. Then in New Zealand needed 15, uh, thirteen to win off five balls. Then uh, Stark was hit for two runs. Then he hit got hit for another two runs. And he had nine off three balls. Then got hit for another two runs. Then they needed uh, seven off two. James Neesham unfortunately got run out, running back, and uh, was well short of his ground. Josh Ng was diving uh, to dislodge the bales. Absolute scenes there. And uh, at that stage, New Zealand just needed six runs. And New Zealand needed six off the last ball. Unfortunately, it was a dot ball. Stark held his nerve. Australia won by five runs. And uh, that was a superb game. Australia doing enough to win the game and continue a winning streak in the tournament. New Zealand, unfortunately, losing that game. Uh, just the dying moments of the game. Nearly getting over the line, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. So that was my number three game for a game of the year for the uh, for this world, for ODIs in 2023. Next game. Well, well, well. How about this game? If you want to see this one, I did a podcast on this game. Uh, just like all the games I do for pretty much um, all the cricket games that, are, that, are, that go on around the world. West Indies versus um, Netherlands, Group A encounter. Uh, Harare in the Harare Sports Club. So at the Takashinga Sports Club in Harare. Same day there was a game going on with Zimbabwe and I think it was another team. And Oman, Zimbabwe won defeated at that stage, I think. Oh, wait, so this was a Group A game. Oh, yeah, Group A encounter. Uh, 18th match of the ICC World Cup um, qualifiers. So Zimbabwe were undefeated. They beat uh, USA earlier in the day by 304 runs. That was an absolute walloping. And then in reply, uh, then the net, uh, on that day, there was an absolute crackerjack of a game between West Indies and Netherlands, which will forever be remembered. A superb, superb game of cricket. Proved to be vital because whoever won this game finished second in Group A and um, then they would carry over points into the Super Sixes uh, of the ICC ODO World Cup and ICC ODO World Cup qualifiers. Uh, 
West Indies got off to a really good start, batting first. Uh, 374 for six they made in the end. Half centuries to Johnson, Carl, Charles, and Brandon King. Contributions from the other batsmen, uh, from two of the other batsmen, but Nicholas Perron played a superb innings. Kimo Paul, love a little, little cameo from him to get the team to 374 for six off their 50 overs. Uh, in reply to the Dutch, well, uh, they did manage to keep up the required run rate for most part of their innings. Uh, however, at one stage they were 170 for four. Then a superb partnership between Scott Edwards and Tejan Nidamanuru. Tejan Nidamanuru scored a superb 100. And Scott Edwards, the captain, scored an excellent half century for the Dutch. And um, that partnership was worth... was worth 143 runs for the fifth wicket. Got them right back in the game. However, when Scott Edwards departed, um, scores 313 for five after 44.1 overs. At that stage, the Dutch needed... um, needed 61 runs to win off 35 deliveries. Uh, so it wasn't going to be easy with just uh, five, with five wickets left. Um, wasn't out of the reach, but it was going to be tough. However, uh, Tejan Nidamanuru batted superbly, and Logan Van Beek played a superb little innings. For, uh, superb little innings. Uh, handy contribution from Aaron Dutt as well. Uh, unfortunately, the Dutch just couldn't quite get over the line and get that get the win, clear out an outright win. Uh, they finished on 374 for nine after 50 overs. The scores were tied at that stage. And then Logan Van Beek again coming to the party. A superb, superb soup over. The match went to a soup over. So, yep, um, Logan Van Beek batting with uh, Captain Scott Edwards. But Logan Van Beek was on strike. And um, Jason Hoddle's in charge of bowling the soup over for the West Indies. So, yep, uh, Logan Van Beek playing basically like a video game for... The first ball, six, then four, then six, then six, then four. 30 runs off that super over, almost just about sealing the game with, the, with that over. A superb, superb batting from Logan Van Beek. Power hitting from him. Low full toss from Jason Holder. Misfired it completely. Around the wicket, Logan Van Beek just sat deep in the crease, smacked it over, uh, has enough power in the shot, and he smacks it through deep mid-wicket for four. Next ball went for six. Uh, cleared the fence comfortably. Another low full toss, but this time outside off stump. Logan on the beak just uh, sits back, gives himself enough leverage and uh, clattered it to the long on fence and smacked it down a long on. And then uh, another four from Logan Van Beek. Wide of off stump. Jason Holder missing his line again. And Logan Van Beek just hops on his toes and gets on top of the bounce and smears it past deep mid-wicket for four. And 14 off the over already. Uh, there's three balls remaining. And then the ball got replaced, and then um, Logan Van Beek. So that was another ball later. So then Logan Van Beek smacked another six outside off stump, uh, smacked it with his uh, front front foot firmly planted on the ground. Swung through the line, wallops it over long on, the long line fence for six. Clean ball striking under pressure, uh, under serious pressure. Brilliant stuff from Logan Van Beek. The ball got replaced after that smat, uh, that hit. Then he hit another six. This one went into the trees. That went absolutely, that went high and long. Sure, ball outside off stump. 
basically pitched outside off stump and Logan Van Beek just seems to have got it, uh, just really had, it was in complete control. Three, three swing on the ball and went miles over deep, the deep mid, deep mid wicket fence. Then a four from a uh, last ball of the over. Short, outside off stump. The ball just seemed to balloon over the batter's head until uh, Van Beek just leapt into the air like a salmon and moosed it past. Uh, he just really just jumped in the air and smacked it away past mid-wicket. 30 runs. Then had the ball to super over Logan Van Beek. Didn't go off to a good start. Back of a length delivery on off stump. Johnson Charles opened up his stance and swung for the hill. Baseball, uh, the ball... Baseball shot, basically played by John Johnson Charles. Johnson Charles over deep and backwards, square leg for six, a huge blow. Then a single ball length delivery just out of stump. Josh Johnson Charles tried to clear his leg, and unfortunately he was he was a Smith. Um, he just only got a one. That stage you felt may just about the West Indies have won the game, as long as they bowl for. For the legal deliveries, they should be good. Then uh, another single off the third ball. That was it. Just outside off stump. Shea Hope just drilled it past. Straight to long off. And that's it. Three single legal deliveries and that was it. Uh, they were home. Logan and Beek then got rid of Johnson Charles. Hit it to the deep mid-wicket and caught by Saki Zulfika. Then the next ball, he got um, Romario Shepard. Edged it, taken, and that was that. Uh, heast, absolute heast from, uh, the, from the Dutch. They pulled off a heast. Coming from the, from the brink, and they've stunned the West Indies, they've won the contest. Truly amazing game, and also, um, that was that. So, the West Indies, they would qualify for the Super Sixes, but they wouldn't carry any points over to the, um, to the Super Sixes stage of the tournament. The Dutch carried two vital points, and that proved to be very vital for the Dutch as they qualified for their first World Cup, uh, finishing in, so first World Cup in 12 years. And uh, effectively, that was the game that pretty much sealed the West Indies' fate in this tournament. Um, the ICC World Cup qualifiers, a horrible campaign for the West Indies, where their fielding was just all off. They were really off as a unit for the most part. It didn't end well for them, unfortunately. That game was number two, uh, my best ODIs of the year. And then number one, well, what else would it be, really? Yeah, it might be a bit of a tussle between those two games. Both games were absolutely superb, but you really can't go past this game. Number one, best game of the year for 2023 in ODIs. Australia versus Afghanistan, 39th match of the ICC ODI World Cup for 2023. Day-night fixture at the Wankade Stadium in Mumbai. And uh, it was humid that day. It was pretty hot. And um, pitch definitely favoured teams who batted first. Two prior games to, in this tournament were between England and South Africa and also I think it was um, it was the other team. And then there was another team as well that played. I think it was New Zealand versus South Africa or something like that. No, no, it wasn't New Zealand, South Africa. It was South Africa, Bangladesh. So South Africa played both their games, won the toss, batted first. Or maybe not won the toss and batted first, but batted first and smashed both Pakistan, uh, England and Bangladesh. And then... Afghanistan thought maybe, yeah, if we win the toss, we elect the bat first, we can put Australia under pressure. That's what they did. They won the toss, elected a bat first, scored a good, a decent total of 291 for five of uh, their 50 overs. Ibrahim Zadran becoming the first ever Afghani batsman to score a ODI 100 in a World Cup match. Superb innings from him. In reply, the Aussies...
were in all sorts of trouble. Seven for 91. 91 for seven after 18.3 hours. Mitchell Stark departed. Only Pat Cummins, Adam Zampa, and Josh Hazelwood uh, and Glenn Maxwell were the remaining batsmen. Glenn Maxwell played superbly, and Glenn Maxwell carried Australia to an unbelievable victory and arguably one of the best games of all time and probably one of the best um, ODI innings ever to be played by a batsman, especially in a World Cup. Glenn Maxwell broke records, uh, becoming the first Australian to score a double hundred in an ODI, scoring a double hundred, first batsman to score a double hundred in an ODI chase, first batsman to score a double hundred against Afghanistan in ODIs and also the first batsman to score a double hundred in a chase in a World Cup game. Absolutely superb innings from him on once-in-a-lifetime innings. Uh, yes, Afghanistan did uh, drop their chances, but you can't really blame Glenn, Ma- Glenn Maxwell if um, the opposition don't capitalise on their opportunities. 201 uh, not out of 128 balls, 21 falls, 10 sixes. Pretty much um, a good... A very healthy percentage of those runs uh, that he scored, those 200 runs that he scored, came from boundaries. Absolutely superb. He's roughly about 70, 70, roughly about 75, uh, roughly about 70, 70% or 73, 73% of his runs coming from boundaries. Absolutely superb innings from Glenn Maxwell under pressure. Going at a strike at 157.03. It was a T20 innings and Towards the latter part of the innings, he was struggling with injuries, cramps, and just could not run. Uh, he was struggling to run. Then he just stood still for the most part and played some amazing shots. Some of them were just like golf swings, and he just uh, reverse sweeped the ball for six uh, off fast bowls and spinners, and then scooped them and then switch-hitted them as well for six, then hit them down the ground, and also played some amazing shots uh, down the ground as well. Hitting him into the stand. Also, there was a bit of a um, bit of a confrontation, a bit of a controversy there in that game. Um, so Ajay Jadeja, who was the I think he was a consultant for the Afghanistan cricket team, he was dancing up and down and distracting Manas Labashane. And uh, yeah, there was a bit of a controversy there, but um, yeah, despite all that, Australia winning the game by three wickets. With uh, 19 balls remaining, Glenn Maxwell playing one of the most iconic innings of all time. He got a wicket while he was bowling as well. Probably not his greatest day with the ball, but doesn't really matter. An absolutely superb all-round performance from Glenn Maxwell, including a special double hundred under pressure to guide Australia to a three-wicket win with 19 balls remaining and play one of the greatest innings of all time. And that, ladies and gents, is my number one uh, ODI for the year. In cricket, ODI, a number one match in ODI cricket this year for 2023. What a game, what a performance from Glenn Maxwell. And that is the wrap for the podcast today. Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. Hope you all stay safe wherever you are in the world. Until next time, it is bye for now, and we are out. Let's go.